Listen to me, Joe Biden. Donald Trump is not the first racist president. <laughs> Why is that a headline? That's how you know. Listen, that's how you know politics is all bullshit. Because they just say random shit that is completely not true. And they're just doing it to smother, you know, somebody's name now. Granted, it's possible that Donald Trump is racist, but there's no fucking way the first racist president is Donald Trump. You know what I mean? In 2020, you know, hey, Joe Biden, did you know that there were presidents when slavery was still a thing? Are you telling me in that area, in that time in the world, there hadn't been any racist presidents? You know what I mean? If anything, I feel like you could only win elections if you were racist. I mean, that was just an idiotic statement by by freaking Joe Biden. But I understand what he's doing. You know, he's kind of playing the same game that Donald Trump does. I mean, Donald Trump just says bullshit that is not true at all. But it's just like funny. So he just says it. It's not funny or he just puts it out there. It doesn't give a fuck if it's factual or not. Joe Biden is kind of doing the same shit, which is kind of smart. But, you know, if we're looking at this shit objectively, no, Donald Trump is not the first racist president. Uh, of the United States. Um, J. Cole dropped two songs last night. You know, here's how I feel about it. I mean, look, listen, J. Cole, everybody knows J. Cole. He's one of those artists that has a very big cult-like following. He's so he's such an interesting artist, if you think about it from the perspective of the three biggest artists from the last decade. They did become Drake, J. Cole, and Kendrick Lamar, right? Those were the three. And they're all kind of different. It's funny because I feel like they're like a spectrum from like pop to conscious, right? At the very end, at the very, at the end, where, how do I explain it? So, you know, the most conscious, right, in this spectrum from conscious to pop, obviously the most conscious is Kendrick Lamar, right? The most pop is Drake. J. Cole's kind of like in the middle of both of them. And that's probably why people don't like J. Cole as much. It's because he's kind of just gray. He's a good rapper. Like, his ability as a rapper is there for sure. He can really rap. But I feel like he's just in the middle of both of them. So it's kind of an awkward position to be in. In terms of how people see you, like, as a rapper. Or what your place is in the rap game, right? Because J. Cole can rap, but he's also tried to go pop with certain songs. It's kind of weird. It's a weird... J. Cole is a weird and interesting figure when you look at it from the context of rap. And the two superstar rappers that also came up along with him. But yeah, he dropped uh, two new songs. Uh, one is uh, the little EP, I guess, it's called Lewis Street. And it has two songs. He says the first two songs on the album. The first one is called The Climb. Makes sense because the album is gonna call is called the fall off, and the second song is called Lion King and Ice, which I didn't know. It's a continuation of, it's it's similar to what Drake does, with time and place songs or like Kendrick Lamar with the Heart series. Like I I guess Drake has his own version of that called the Lion King. So this one is called Lion King on Ice. And listen, listen, here's my thoughts on both of those songs. Right. So the first song, The Climb. Very, very good. Very high quality rap song. That's like as good of a rap song I feel like J. Cole could ever make, to be honest. You know what I mean? Like, that's just a quality rap song. There's literally no flaws I have with it. The beat is nice. J. Cole's rapping his ass off. It's a lot of great quality lyrics. The flow switch ups are great. Like, the outro of it is very, um, 
not psychedelic, but he tries something different uh, with the outro, with him singing and shit, with the melodic side. So I have no complaints with that one. That was a very well-rounded song and probably a very good intro to his album. The song that kind of perplexed me was Lion King on Ice. That song put me off as soon as as soon as I heard J. Cole singing because I realized I'm like, this sounds so much like a fucking Drake song. Like the melody that he was singing, the, the, the melody that he made for this song, along with the beat, were so fucking similar to Drake. Like I couldn't even finish the song. It really turned me off. Like really, really turned. I don't know why. I think it's just it sounded like a Drake clone, like right away. And but that's the thing. As the song continued on, it definitely became more of a J. Cole song. But the beginning, the first half of the song was so fucking trippy for me because it literally just sounded like a Drake song. And I was like, ah, I don't like it. Fuck, whatever. I'm out. I stopped listening to it. Then I wanted to see what people were thinking about both songs. And I guess people love Lion King on Ice. They think both songs are great, are equally great. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, let me re-listen to Lion King on Ice, you know, and try to take my displeasure. I mean, because I just feel like as soon as I heard that song, there was something about it where I just couldn't continue. Like, my head was stuck on just that thought. It was like, this sounds like a fucking... This sounded like a 2016, 2017 Drake pop song. You know what I mean? Sounded like Right Hand. Uh, what's that song? Straight into myself. You know, I got love for me. Uh, what the fuck is that song? Uh, straight up. Let me see. It followed straight up to my face. What's the name? Fake love. It sounded like fake love, like that kind of Drake. When Drake was making those singles, like around like four or five years ago, or three or four years ago, that's what it sounded like to me. So I couldn't get past it. But when I read that people were really loving it, I stopped. I tried to set that aside. I'm like, let me just listen to the song without that in mind. And I was able to understand that, okay, I see what he's, uh, yeah, this isn't as bad of a song as I felt when I first heard it. That just kind of caught me off, you know, it caught me off guard. It was a weird, weird, weird thing to see when he did that. But, you know, yeah, but uh, it looks, you know, the consensus is that these two songs are great. So good for J. Cole. This is supposed to be his last album, and these are the first, supposed to be the first two songs on the album, which is a weird, I've never seen this strategy of, that. that's really interesting, I kind of want to talk about this, how when he put it out, like, people are speculating that his album is going to come out, like, this week, or like, in two weeks from now, as a surprise release, um, but then he announced on Instagram, he was like, oh, I'm putting out these two songs, the climb and Lanking on ice. These are going to be the first two songs of the album. No release date for the album yet. I'll still keep working on it, which is a great thing to do. Kind of just satisfy your fans while also letting them know, Hey, the album, you know, I still got to do some shit. So don't, don't expect the album, but you know, here's something to satisfy you. But what I found interesting is that he said, these are the first two songs on the album. And for some reason, I don't think I've ever seen artists, like explicitly released the first two songs of their project as singles. But that to me makes sense. You know what I mean? Because usually when artists drop singles, they're like the the placement of those songs on the album 
is, is, is random, right? It could be the first song. It could be the last song. It could be in the middle. Who knows where it could be, right? But you're always kind of disappointed when you hear, since you've already heard the songs, when you start the album and you get to that song that you heard already, you want to hear new music, right? So you kind of just either skip to it or you just already know what song that is. But it's actually interesting if artists did that, where the singles are just the first songs on the album. That way, maybe that's what... I think... Well, let me finish my thoughts. So that way, when people start the album, they know the first two songs are the single, and they can kind of... If they want to experience a full album, they can listen from the top and hear the singles they already heard in the context of the album, or just skip those songs and start the actual album, and then the the rest of the, play, the track list... It's all new shit. I think that's very interesting. And if anything, I feel like that might make people want to listen to an album front to back. Because I feel like a lot of people don't consume music that way. I understand that's probably a kind of OCD thing to do. To just, you know, just uh, try to listen from the first songs to the last song, right? To stick, to adhere to the um, track list. I know a lot of people just hit shuffle on the album and just listen to it that way but if the first the singles were the first songs on the album and then the rest of the album was all new songs i feel like people probably won't shuffle or maybe they will i don't know i think i'm thinking more of just what i what is good to me right because i have that little bit of ocd in me so that's probably what i'm referring to but yeah he dropped those two songs i i feel there's no you know it's i don't i couldn't find any flaws with the first song with the climb but i don't see that as a song i'll re, i'll go back to and listen to a lot and that's how i feel with a lot of j cole songs except for 2014 forest hills drive that album there's a lot of songs that i go back and listen to you know the the no role models you know g-o-m-d get off my get off my dick uh, uh, fire, fire squad. Um, there's another one. Um, I can't remember. Uh, let me look up the track list for, um, 2014 forest Hills drive. Cause a lot of those, I mean, I like a lot of the songs, but there's a couple of them that I would listen to, like it, that I've re-listened to a lot. Wet dreams. A Tale of Two Cities, Fire Squad, Get Off My Dig, No Role Models. Those are like the real, the songs. Those are probably my most listened to J. Cole songs, right? But besides that album, I don't think there's any other album where I've re-listened to the songs as much. Not even K.O.D., which I actually really enjoyed. I think that was a really good album. And even that, there's like probably one or two songs that I really enjoyed. So, so all that to say that I feel like J. Cole doesn't make a lot of songs that for me, I want to re-listen to, even though they're really good songs. Like The Climb, like I said, I couldn't find anything wrong with it. I really loved it. But that's not a song I would really want to listen back to. You know what I mean? Like I re-listened to it like three or four times and now I have no desire to go back to it. And I don't know what that what that's about, but that's just how I feel with a lot of J. Cole songs. Um, but this being J. Cole's retirement album, I wonder, I'm just excited to hear it and see what the fuck he does. It's going to be interesting, but yeah, those are my, that's just, those are my thoughts on the latest two new tracks from J. Cole. They're fine. Well, the, the second one is fine. It really put me off. Like, I, I, I wonder if people are going to say that. I haven't seen anybody say 
how much the Lion King on Ice song sounds like a Drake song. Specifically, Fake Love with the beat and the melody. The melody, when J. Cole started singing on that song, it put me off. Like, it really caught me off guard. This motherfucker. It was a weird melody coming from J. Cole. But at least he's trying different things. So that 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 I can commend. But talk about a Drake clone. I mean, that sounded so much like a Drake song. But okay, I've, I've already made my point. You know. The MDP News Podcast, right? The main show. Let's just be honest. And I've talked about it. on. Uh, I feel like I've mentioned this before. And a lot of the content I do where it, has to, where it involves other people. It's really just a way for me to be a social person because, you know, I'm not the type of person that likes to put myself out there and like invite myself to gatherings with people I know. Right. Like if they don't invite me, I just feel like I'm not wanted. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if that's some that's got to be some antisocial shit. Right. Like I feel like that's just a very typical antisocial thing that a lot of people feel they're just like yeah i don't feel wanted you know i don't feel i don't feel like intruding right that's how you feel that's how a lot of people who are shy or antisocial feel but that's really how i feel with with like social gatherings and shit like i see my friends all hanging out and shit and they're like they don't invite me and i don't feel any sort of way when they don't invite me i just feel like it just you know if i never put myself out there how the fuck are they gonna invite me you know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense. So I totally understand when that happens. Uh, so that's that. But that's probably why I make the kind of content I do. That's why on the Empty Opinions podcast, I main show, why I try to have different people every episode, right? Different new people or old people, whatever. Because I kind of use that opportunity to socialize with people. That's my opportunity. And I make content on the, on the uh, you know, I make content at the same time. So it's almost like a win-win. Uh, there's certain shows that I just do myself, like the EP show. That's why I created this. Yes. So this could be my own thing where I don't really have to rely on anybody, but there's other shit and probably YouTube videos and shit like that. Right. But there's other stuff like my main show. I like to have different people on, you know, have conversations. And usually those are good episodes because you're getting a perspective from somebody else. I mean, that's the whole point of the show. I don't need you I don't need me to explain that to you. That's a, if you read the description of this podcast feed, that's what it will say. But even this new show I'm starting, The Empty Movie Club, which I'm still getting together. You know, I want to record a bunch of episodes to kind of have them ready to release weekly. But even that is literally just, you know, when you have like a friend, right? And you want to show them something like a movie or TV show. You guys can watch it and talk about it. So I don't really have that. <laughs> so for, so that's my solution to that. I was like, hmm, how can I get that and also make content? Well, let me make a show about it. Right. So now I'm going to be watching like this show. I won't say what for the movie club. And now I have somebody, a guest, watch it with me. And then we talk about it. So it's almost like I just make content to hang out with people. It's what it seems like to me. And I don't know if that's good or bad. You know what I mean? Like, I have no idea if I should fix that about myself or not. I have no idea. But I think I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's horrible. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's just a way for me to be social. And if people are agreeing to it, then it is what it is. I didn't see the DMX and Snoop Dogg versus battle, but 
it seemed like everybody loved it if only because it, it you know what i mean it seemed like one of those battles where like as a show it was great you know what i mean like there's been a couple i think there's been one of those really the one with erica badu and jill scott it just seemed like a show more than a battle and i feel like that's just the energy that sometimes they put out it's either the energy or just the quality of artists that we have in front of us if they're showmen and if they're giving us good music I feel like that perception of a beat battle or like just a battle changes, right? If one of them is better than the other, I think that's where it becomes really a battle. You're just like, oh, yeah, this guy whooped your ass, boy. Boy, he beat your ass at this shit. But if it's just like, if both, if every song that is played, people love, right? Like song after the one, of the, one after another, after another, if that happens, then that's probably, you know, then that's where it becomes a show because people can't even, dis it's like a tie the whole time because just so many amazing songs are being played. Uh, from what I could tell also, I mean, DMX is somebody who people haven't really seen much of because he was in rehab and he has, go he has been going through a lot of shit. So a lot of people were just happy to see him look healthy. They were just celebrating him, right? Like you had a lot of people hadn't seen DMX in a long time, and now you see him performing his songs and all that shit. In one tweet I saw from Rory from the Joe Budden podcast, he mentioned, and I didn't see this, but he mentioned that apparently DMX kind of mentioned that he was molested when he was 13, right? Uh, he was just making a point of like people kind of just skip right past it. Nobody tried to make a big deal out of it. Which I understand this point, but it's like, as other people have said, it's like, what do you want us to do? Like, stop it? What, like, what exactly do we do if somebody says that? But then Joe, uh, I'm sorry, Rory's point was just, nah, but other people have come out and said uh, certain shit, right? Like, similar shit to that, and it becomes a big deal, and people are celebrating them and shit like that. I understand what Joe, but what I understand what Rory is saying. Why well, I keep calling him Joe? I don't know. But that's interesting that dmx kind of dropped that in. and then that you know that's always what happens when i feel like people get in rehab and they're starting to become healthier and healthier they kind of face a lot of the trauma that they have and they kind of have to put it out there to live with it right because if you never mention it then you can never move on from it so that's probably what is happening with dmx and i guess that could be a topic all on its own about you know like as a guy and that's so funny because whenever you see, I think that just shows, I think that's even further proof that whenever like somebody who you see is really tough, really gangster, really rough, like uh, DMX, right? Like the dog, you know, whatever the fuck. I mean, that's, he's supposed to be like a dog, I guess. I don't know. I don't know much about DMX. I didn't grow up listening to his music. I don't know shit about old hip hop. Because I didn't grow up in the United States, so I skipped God, that shit. Never reached me in the Dominican Republic, but yeah, but that's just it. Well, from what I know, I mean, from even his deep voice and the way he raps and all that, he is supposed to portray this, portray this like almost bulldog persona, right? So it's interesting that that happened to him. He was molested when he was thirteen, because I think that just shows that is something that you could probably make an assumption about a lot of people who are really really like manly or try to be really really manly it's a possibility that some violating shit has happened to them and now they have to try to overcompensate because of that 
I don't think that's a that's a that's a stretch to make, right? Like I don't think that's a crazy thing to believe. Because I recently also heard in another podcast that a lot of the things we do and how we act, like much of our personality comes from our uh uh defenses and how we deal with people not hurting our feelings. Like that's where a lot of our personality comes from. And that's for sure where some of my personality comes from, you know what I mean? Because I feel like I talk a lot and I always try to get myself understood because whenever I put ideas out there, they seem so far-fetched and not the norm that I'm afraid of the judgment. So when I'm talking to somebody, something very important to me is them understanding what the fuck I'm trying to say, right? Like that's very big for me. So I usually talk like if there's a controversial idea I'm trying to get out, right? Like I'm trying to explain something to somebody and I mention it. You best believe I'm going to talk for 30 seconds to a full minute straight to get to explain my theory as efficiently as possible because I don't want them to think I'm fucking crazy, right? Like Because I understand a lot of my ideas are kind of nuts, so I always try to get them to see it from my side. And I think that's what's made me a good, uh, you know, commentator, broadcaster, I guess, speaker. You know what I mean? That's why I like to do podcasts, just because I have a lot of those ideas, and I like getting them out there. And I, and I feel like, you know, in a written way, it's good. I mean, I had a blog for two, three years writing movie reviews. So I always had to get my opinion out some way. I've had a bunch of YouTube channels and YouTube videos that have ultimately gone, you know, wherever the fuck they go to the void of YouTube. But there's always, that's something that I've realized throughout my whole life that I've tried to do, I guess. It's just get my opinions out there and make people care about them because... I don't know, because I guess maybe there might be some trauma when I was younger when they didn't really give a fuck about about what I was saying. I'm getting way too off topic. Listen, I never I didn't see the DMX and Snoop Dogg battle, but I could tell it was a celebration more than a battle. And people love seeing DMX. So you won't see a lot of scorecards or like people saying, yo, DMX won. I was like, no, Snoop Dogg won, you bitch. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm, I'm right. You're wrong. I, I know who won and you, you don't know shit. I feel like that's not really going to happen. So, you know, all I can say is that, you know, prayers to DMX. He's looking really healthy. Snoop Dogg is looking really healthy. You know, two elder statesmen of rap, which I guess versus giving a lot of exposure to. I feel like this is definitely introducing younger viewers or younger audience to the legend of these two artists. And talk about a brand expanding. I mean, versus now they got to deal with fucking Apple Music to get the old battles in there. They're getting, you know, they're, they have, they're getting people in the same place as opposed to doing it on IG Live where the quality is trash. They're partnering with Spotify to make the playlist of all the songs, which I'm going to be utilizing because I've been trying to do that. Because like I said, I haven't really been, I don't really know shit about, you know, those old, the, the old hip hop history in terms of the music, right? Because I've watched hip hop history uh, or hip hop evolution that show on netflix i've definitely watched that show and i've learned a lot from it so i know kind of the story but i don't know the music itself so i think i'm definitely going to utilize those uh playlists but yeah talk about a brand that's really doing it man they they know what the fuck they're doing they're expanding as 
logically as possible. And speaking of logic, logic is retiring. No, I'm not. This, <laughs> this is not a topic. I mean, everybody's been talked about that. I never talked about it for whatever reason, but I guess I'll kind of touch on it when I make a empty review on the YouTube channel of a Logic's album when it comes out this Friday. Hopefully it's good, but I don't know why I felt so anxious when I gave these three women a, a ride last night, right? Like I was working last night. I was done. It was around 1115, right? I was doing over eats. I was done. And after I was about to leave, right? Like I delivered the food to this building. I was coming out and there's these three women that were just standing there. It was like, oh, excuse me. Uh, are you, are you doing Uber or like, or whatever, right? They're like, you're, you're doing rides. I was like, yeah, I just did Uber Eats. Why? And I was like, well, could you drive us somewhere? You know, I, I like our lift is taking forever. Uh, and we'll pay you like, how much money do you want? I mean, that second, I'm the kind of person that doesn't really give a fuck. Like, you know, especially at that point in the night, I was just like, whatever, man, just get the fuck, get get in the car i'll give you guys a ride right like that's what i was thinking but so i did that without really thinking but then i'm driving them and it's the most awkward thing because it's a combination of my anxiety of danger anxiety and anxiety of women you know what i mean because it's one side so it's like a double header of fucking anxiety for me because first i'm like okay I, you know, is this dangerous? Did I do the wrong thing? Like, are these women about to fucking rob me? Are they going to pull out a gun to the back of my head? And be like, give me all your fucking money. Right? Like, are they going to do that? So the whole time of the ride, I'm thinking of that. Right? And then on the other side of anxiety, I'm like, why the fuck aren't you talking? Because I was silent for the whole ride. Right? So I'm like silent. I'm like, why the fuck aren't you talking to these three seemingly attractive black women right i was just like so that was the anxiety that was the other anxiety i was just like why the fuck are you talking to these three women right like i'm talking to this is my inner dialogue i'm like you're always fucking complaining that you never see women or you never get a chance to talk to women now you have three attractive women in the back of your car you're giving them a ride and you're not really talking right like i was beating myself up for that but then i was also like Maybe being silent is the best thing I could do because I don't want to make these women feel like I'm going to fucking snatch them or something. And that was wild that they just maybe. Yeah, it was wild that they just said, hey, can you give us a ride? Like they didn't think it was dangerous for me to drive them. You know what I mean? That's all I was thinking the whole time. I'm like, how could the fuck? How the fuck could they trust me that I won't do anything? Granted. It's probably because I look the way I look, right? So, like, so it's possible they saw me, this short guy. They were, they were taller than me, all three of them. So they show this short, you know, kind of nerdy Hispanic guy. You know what I'm saying? He's probably not going to snatch us, right? He's not going to do that. Maybe I have that innocent look on my face where, like, I'm not really going to do shit. But it's still dangerous, especially considering apparently there's like a serial killer on the loose. There's a lot of women turning up dead and chopped in fucking bags around Philly. So that was the other thing I was thinking. I'm like, yeah, I do know there's like a serial killer going around. So I don't know if this is the smartest thing, but I did it. I dropped them off. They paid me like $10, which was very nice. I wasn't going to take the money. Well, I, I wasn't thinking of money when I did it, right? I was just trying to be nice. I'm like, let me just drop them off, right? Like, usually, sometimes I'm in a good mood and do that. Sometimes I'm not, you know. If 
if I stop to hear somebody out, I'm probably going to do something good. But if I don't, if I'm not in that mood and I just ignore you, it's just not meant to be. I'm not going to say shit to you. But it was just and then I got depressed, to be honest, like in the ride home, because it was just like, again, back to the anxiety of talking to the women. There's three attractive women in the back of your car. Seemingly like my age, I'm like, why the fuck didn't you talk to them? I just, you know, you know. That's the whole thing, like the whole time, that's all I was thinking. But I feel like the thing about that was just that, you know, it was a weird circumstance. Maybe I'm just excusing myself, but it was a weird circumstance that I was just kind of like giving them a ride. These three random women at 11, like, you know, damn near close to midnight, giving them a ride. I just felt like it was a weird like, I don't know. My anxiety was taking over also with the danger. It was like, uh, I don't know what the fucking happened next. You know what I mean? Like I said, there are probably some city girls that want to fucking scam me. That's maybe what could have been happening. But yeah, I gave them the ride. I was sad afterwards because I didn't talk to three attractive women. Right. It was weird. I mean, you know, it was a weird scenario. And that just made me realize, listen, I need to start like throwing women or something. You know what I'm saying? Like. You know, like, where the fuck am I going to get if I don't do shit? Like, if I don't take that opportunity to talk to women, I don't know where the fuck I will. Right. So that's the other thing. So that that's probably a lesson that should probably talk to women more. Right. Put myself out there. But again, I'm probably scared of rejection and all that shit. Who knows? That's just a little bit of my psychological mind for you guys. Little baby, I guess, didn't get the request of Kanye doing a song with him. I would want to hear that song, but that's going to be kind of a weird combination. But then again, Kanye West has been doing that. He did a song with fucking Lil Pump for God's sake. So, you know, doing a song with Lil Baby wouldn't be nearly as wild as that. But that would be an interesting uh, combination, Kanye and Lil Baby. That would just continue Lil Baby's run as probably one of... And I've been saying this for a while, I'll reiterate it. I'll say this theory again. Lil Baby's probably going to be one of those artists that comes out, you know, of the shadows. He becomes the one of the most pr- prominent rappers of this decade. If he continues on this trajectory. Already, he's kind of blowing up, right? Because he did a conscious song. He's had the, the, the street, you know, fans, the street rap fans. So he's doing great. He's really up there with, uh, with the music he's making. And a song with Kanye is only going to propel him even higher. You know what I mean? I can see. I mean, he already did a dr- song with Drake. Like, yeah, Lil Baby is definitely on his way up. He's probably going to be, you know, you know, the same way how I started this episode, talking about how the three biggest rappers from the last decade were Drake, um, uh, J. Cole, and Kendrick Lamar. I can see my top three for this decade could probably be J.I.D., YBN Cordae, and Lil Baby. I could see that happening out of the new rappers because Lil Uzi been around, Travis Scott been around, but out of the new ones, I can see them taking a lead. He even said it himself, I can see myself taking a lead over the new school. So, uh, you know, if he said it, who am I to deny him that?